1: With Alex and Fochie, Alex and Fauci Alex and Alex If I put our Jackson in the paint, how you gonna stop me? How you gonna stop me? How we can go be? head to head, call out your top three, call out your top three. Look at the switch from Dorte, now that boy got three. We got Holly Burton the point. This is the Benedict for the shot. If anybody gon' come in the post, then we got Jalen Smith for the block. Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team, we gon' need a mop. Smooth. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace, and your Indiana Pacers are on a two-game winning streak. fachi what is going on, brother?
2: Woo, Alex, it feels good to be winning and winning by double digits again. I'm gonna be honest, I didn't expect a winning streak this early in the season, but I'm all for it.
1: It's one of those things, Fachi, where it's like you you look at this team and you're like, okay, this is a uh this is a team that's gonna be fun. They've gotten hot and stuff like that, but this is their first winning streak since March 18th and March 20th. When oh, they defeated the Houston Rockets and Portland Trailblazers, um and that's that's saying a lot because both those teams were desperately tanking yes <laughs> towards the end of the season last year with us. So that's what's cool. But I, I think we got to start things off here, Fachi. Last night, the rookie himself dropping twenty two points in the first half off the bench, finishes with a career night, thirty two points, faji six and nine from the three point line. 10 of 10 from the free throw line. We are blessed to have Benedict Matherin as an Indiana Pacer.
2: Alex, we are. I've said it before, but it's real. I don't know. Maybe i got to project my voice so the people in the back can hear me. But we have a star on our hands. Matherin currently leads all rookies in points scored. He leads the NBA in points off the bench. This man could be in the running for six. uh, I would say, rookie of the year or sixth man of the year. Or both. Both. I mean, I don't know if that's been done. I really don't. I'd probably have to dig deep into the history of the NBA to find that out. But that's how good he's been. His 32 points as a rookie were the most by any Pacers rookie off the bench. No, no, no. This is what it was. He set a franchise record for points off the bench as a rookie. But his 32 points off the bench were the most by any Pacer since 1987. Mm. How about that? Pretty impressive,
1: and I'll say this: he's the first Pacer to reach thirty plus points this season, and the first rookie to have a thirty point scoring game. So it was special. It, it was kind of crazy how efficient he was after seeing him struggle on the road trip. Just four of eleven against Washington wasn't very good against the Bulls. the The Sixers. He came on strong in the second half, but it was good. Like he had a couple of dud games, and he came back and bounced back. And you know, I think we got to give credit to the the Brooklyn Nets' lack of defense, but he was out there just having a ball and he was making a pay. I love the fact that he got 10 free throws, Focci. Um, That to me is like the most exciting about it is just his, un you know, he doesn't settle for taking outside shots, even though he's been hitting those at a pretty high rate. He's getting to the foul line and there's just so much to love about his game.
2: 10 of 10 from the line. So it's not even just 10 attempts, it's he's making them all. And on the season right now, he's averaging 21 points per game on 45% shooting a blistering 43% from 3 mm, and he's blistering. doing it oh yeah blistering and he's doing it in under 28 minutes per game so <laughs> it's not like he's just playing you know 35 minutes per game putting up these you know these you know garbage time stats no this is real efficient basketball that we're talking right now and Alex the best part of it all is that he's bringing attention to all NBA fans and other media outlets that never talk about the Pacers. We're seeing it more and more that Benedict Matherin, Benedict Matherin. And I love every second of it because in the past few years, I mean, before getting Halbert, I'm sorry, but they didn't talk about, you know, Sabonis or, or you know, uh, Karis Levert or or Miles Turner like this. Like, no, this is a man who's only a handful of games into his career and everybody's buzzing about him.
1: Yeah, it was always in like this negative kind of tone, like, well, you know, Sabonis is a good player, but he really well, isn't I, an all star. He's a fringe exactly. all star, shouldn't be an all star, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, whatever. Same with LeVert. like, yeah, he's a good player, but he's always hurt. Like, is he really that good? Same with Brogdon. And then you just look and it's like, Benedict Mather, and we can't stop talking about him. And yeah. I think it's okay to be excited as a Pacer fan. But like you said, it is cool to see the rest of the league jumping on board. But I think we got to jump ship here, Fachi. Get off of the Benedict Matherin bandwagon just for a quick second and take a nice visit over to the Tyrese Halliburton bandwagon because I'm telling you what, this young star is playing out of his mind right now, Fachi, in this game against the Brooklyn Nets. He had 26 points, 6 of 10 from the three-point line. He had six rebounds, and he had eight assists. I'm telling you what, Tyrese Halliburton, the shots that he's taking, the way he's shooting competently from three, He looks like a totally different player from last year, and I mean that in the best way possible.
2: Absolutely. I mean, what a blessed situation we're in as Pacer fans to not even start the show talking about Tyrese Halliburton. It's like this guy is playing out of his mind right now, and he's the second guy that comes up that we're talking about. I saw a chart that recently uh, it it ranked every player based on, on player ratings right now in the NBA, and it had Tyrese Halliburton as the fourth Best player so far this season, but only behind Giannis, Trey Young, and Jokic. Mm. I, I mean, two out of those three guys have won MVPs before. I mean, ahead of John Morant, ahead of Luka Doncic. I mean, Tyrese Halliburton has been that good so far, averaging twenty-three and a half points, ten assists, uh, and and fifty percent shooting from the field. Alex also forty-seven percent from three. He's has got a better assist to turnover ratio than last year. His minutes are even a little bit down, but everything else is up. I mean, this guy right now is in a groove, and I love everything that we have going on between this backcourt to the point where I saw this headline. I never thought I'd see this before. The Indiana Pacers have the best young backcourt in the NBA. That again? Was, the Indiana Pacers have the best young backcourt in the NBA. Mm. That was tweeted out by a non- Pacer related media <laughs> handle. I, I could not believe it.
1: Bro, that it, it's kind of insane to think about. But what, what Matherin is doing right now as a rookie coming off the bench is just like so hard to even like pinpoint like any other player that's done this. Like I'm sure there's people out there that can pull up stats and stuff, but it's just like one of the most fascinating things to me that I've ever seen. And then you've already got Halliburton. Like we traded Savonis for him. Savonis has been okay in Sacramento so far this season, you know? Mm-hmm. Numbers haven't been as good. He's been taking on a different kind of role, being more of a facilitator, that kind of thing. And Halliburton is being asked to kind of lead this rebuilding team. Take more shots. Be more aggressive. His sidestep threes that he's taking right now, Fachi. Oh my God, those are just insane. He's splashing uh, an insanely uh, a percentage of them. Right? I mean, it's over forty percent that he's shooting from three right now this season. Forty-seven so. percent. Oh my God, almost fifty percent. So you're talking about a guy that's been lights out this whole season does it again last night didn't matter who was on him there were some shots that he took that were kind of tough and I think Rick Carlisle mentioned it he really liked the looks that the team got in the second half compared to the first half but I'm sure you recall he had this one play where he came down the court and he almost did like a full 360 and by him doing that Everybody was on the right side of the court, but there was Matherin just wide open,
2: mm-hmm.
1: as yep. Chris Collinsworth would say, unmolested <laughs> in, the, in the left corner. And and Halliburton found Benedict Matherin for a wide open three. It, it's just like little things like that. His head is always on a swivel, and he's always finding the right guy. Uh, And that's what's the the beautiful thing about his game is all the players that he plays with knows that they're going to get the ball at certain times, but he's also doing that while being kind of um, selfish in a a nice way, looking for his own shot. So I think he's found that balance of selfish and uh, willing to pass, and it's been a beautiful dynamic so far this season.
2: It it really has. And and we knew, look, it was going to be a challenge for him to take his game to the next level You know, if the Pacers really weren't performing that well, but he has, by all means, Tyrese Halliburton has taken his game to the next step to the point where I do think that, look, it's still early on, but I do think he needs to be an all-star consideration because he is that good. And when you're looking at, you know, is he shooting the ball that much more? Look, compared to, you know, Sacramento, he's averaging almost five more shot attempts than when he was a king. Mm -hmm. He's averaging nearly about four more shot attempts last year uh when he was a pacer so overall he he is being asked to do more but he's producing more he's bumped his scoring average since you know being a pacer in 26 games last year it's it's up by over 6 right now, over six points Mm. per game. That is really hard to do in the NBA at this level. So his passing vision, it's just making everyone's job that much easier. And we're starting to see some other guys have some big performances because Tyrese is commanding that type of attention. And that's something the Pacers have not had over the last few years. We haven't had that point guard that could really set everybody up. We've had Combo guards like like a George Hill or a Malcolm Brogdon, where they're not true point guards, and now we're seeing just how important it is to have a true point
0: guard.
1: Yeah, having a true point guard changes everything with how your offense runs and how your team plays. And you know, I love the way this pacer team looks. They're a lot more athletic. They're uh, a lot better shooting team as well. And I think it's a good time to move on now to the person that came over in the trade with uh, Halliburton. That's Buddy Hield Fochi. This man has been on fire, not just last night. I mean, this guy is shooting at an unreal level. I had po- posted this tweet. I said he was like seventeen of twenty seven from three over the last eleven quarters of play. That was before the fourth quarter. He ended up missing two in that quarter. So he's now at fifty nine percent, but still that's an insane that's an insane percentage. Buddy healed is fifty nine percent, seventeen to twenty nine from three the last three games. This guy is shooting lights out. He's playing phenomenal. Uh, almost had a triple-double last night, Fachi against the Nets. So he's not even just being a shooter, but he's getting involved in other ways. And I think this has just been a perfect opportunity
2: for him to showcase what type of player he can be. Absolutely. Look, I don't know if Buddy's got a girl or not, but he was flirting with a triple-double last night. I mean, this guy had 17 points, nine boards, eight assists. Alex, three straight games with five threes or more. I mean, right now he is lights out from beyond the arc. But just like you mentioned, it's ever since he came over to Indiana, he's been asked to take on more. And he's shown that he's not just a three-point shooter. And, and the reason I'll even point it out, he's averaging a career-high 5.7 rebounds this year. Mm, he's had. Oh yeah. And that's coming off of last year. What we talked about one of the challenges for buddy. If you remember a couple months ago, we said, Hey, he averaged 5.1 rebounds as a pacer. Was that a fluke? Or could he do it again? Mm-hmm. He's averaging half a rebound more than a career high last year. So I-, I think that that's awesome, but also from a passing standpoint, he's shown that he's not just standing in the corner waiting for the ball. Like he said, he was in Sacramento. We're seeing a lot more out of him, And I, I think right now his stock is, is really solid, especially as a team like the Lakers are struggling. That it's just Buddy looks more and more appealing as the days go on. And look, he's playing really good ball. And you're going to have the other side of Pacer Nation that's basically, why would we want to trade this guy if he's playing that well? But look, it's just great to to have him in that situation rather than you know, kind of the beginning of the year where he had a couple of games. He's he putting up 16 shots, not really being efficient. He's on fire right now. I mean.
1: Is it fair to say that Buddy Hield is a terrific offensive player?
2: He is. I mean, when well, we've looked at it since 2018 to 2019, Alex, he leads the NBA in three-pointers made. That's yeah. a few years right there. And right now, we've talked about it. Hey, when he's rebounding, when he's moving the ball around, it just makes him and this Pacers team that much more dangerous.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, since 2018-2019, uh, he has had 1,115 made threes. Second, Steph Curry, 1,015. So he's had 100 made more threes than Stephen Curry since 2018, 2019. You know, we've talked about this Lakers trade at nauseum, so I don't want to keep going back to that. But Mm -hmm. the Lakers fans have been losing their minds, watching Buddy go off like he has been. So, you know, it it might be only a matter of time until the Lakers are calling the Pacers up, offering whatever they have to offer to, to get that trade done. But, uh you know, it's fun watching Buddy. I know a lot of fans have asked us, please, can we just keep Buddy around? I don't want Buddy to go. And I understand why. He is a very fun offensive player to watch. But when he starts going through cold streaks, right, and we see that there's some problems defensively with him, that's when I think fans will be kind of like, okay, he's still in Matherin's minutes again. <laughs> Let's yep. get him off the team.
2: I know. Look, after, after maybe the first game or the second game, it was like, what are we doing? Buddy's got to go to the bench. Or we got to get him out of here. Yeah. And now it's, he's fun to watch. He, he's always been fun to watch dating back to his time at Oklahoma in college. I mean, the man can just get hot at any moment. There's very few people in the league that can really get, you know, you know, catch fire like Buddy Healed. So he's nice to have. Look, you know, if he ends up being traded, it'll be for the better. Because in the beginning, do you remember when he was included with Tyrese Halliburton and the rumor was is he even going to stick around, or yeah, are they going to reroute that. him? And look at us now. I mean, I, I think he's having a blast out here as a Pacer.
1: He he loves what the Rick Carlisle offense has done for his game overall. It's allowed him to be more of a player and not just a shooter.
0: So that's good to see. But I- We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
3: Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.
0: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call click Granger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: I think we need to just wrap up this game against the Nets quickly talking about Isaiah Jackson, he, he honestly could have had a whole entire segment on his performance by himself. 18 points, 10 rebounds, Four assists, two steals, one block, zero turnovers, had four personal fouls. He got the start because Miles Turner was out uh, with ankle load management, played 32 minutes, was 8 of 13 from the field, and check this out, an insane amount, plus 25 in that game last night. He was dominant and showing so many more important steps of growth in this game.
2: Absolutely. Look, this was hands down a unanimous, the best game from Isaiah Jackson this season. He's coming off, of also think about the bounce back performance against Washington with Miles really asserting himself and playing as well as he did. Isaiah only got 12 minutes. I know he, had fou- he was in foul trouble, but 12 minutes, scoreless, not a great game, but it's how he responded from it. This was 12 more minutes than he's played in, oh, this was 10 more minutes than he's played in any other game this year. So it just shows that He needs a little bit of a consistent role because he is still, like, raw. I mean, he's very talented, but he's not necessarily, you know, the, the jumper's not there yet. But you get these games, like the game against Brooklyn, where you see this man is chock full of potential just through the roof. And these are the performances that I can't wait to see on a more consistent basis down the line this year and moving into the future. I thought
1: one of the most impressive things last night was the four assist. But and he, he was dropping dimes, spots. Season high,
2: for sure. Um,
1: yeah, there, there was one thing that I was noticing a lot was they were kind of using him in like the short pick and roll, right? Mm-hmm. And when he would catch the ball, he would be looking for the open guy on the perimeter. And this was a really good matchup for him because we know that that Brooklyn really doesn't have that center.
2: No,
1: Nick Claxton is their center, who I think is okay, but he's, right. he's not really, to me, a long-term starting center for a championship team.
2: Absolutely not.
1: And then Ben Simmons is somebody else are kind of experimenting with that center, and he does not look the same since he's come back from his back injury that he had last Ooh. season. Um, just looks like a hot mess. So, you know, Isaiah Jackson, I wish we could spend more time talking about him. Maybe we'll do it later this week since we have quite a bit of a break here from uh, the you next do. Pacers game to the one after. Monday and Friday this week, if you're curious, Pacer fans, so about three days off. But I thought what was really interesting, Faji, just to kind of throw some quick notes here, and I'll uh, get your, your thoughts on this, you know, after the game's over, not only does Steve Nash call out his team's pathetic performance, they have a team meeting after the loss. In the middle of the game, Kevin Durant slams the scores table in frustration because of how well the Pacers are playing and how the Nets' defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. And then you got to remember: no Miles Turner, no T.J. McConnell, no Aaron Neesmith. This was no problem for the Pacers. So I, I felt like everything that translated last night. It, it just it's ma- It's getting magnified as wow, look at Brooklyn and how bad they are. But the Pacers team was clicking on all cylinders, and part of that wasn't due to, you know, it was a big part of the Nets not being as good as they should be, but the Pacers came to play. They had to earn that win. They got it. I just thought it's crazy how much turmoil happened after that one game.
2: Oh, I I love being the subject of their turmoil, but you could see how on paper – Brooklyn is significantly the better team. You have one of the greatest players of all time in Kevin Durant, another guy who was left off the top 75 list, but many people thought he should be on there in Kyrie Irving. And then obviously, look, there's guys like Ben Simmons, you know, for, for whatever he is at this point. <laughs> but look, you know, and then you look at the Pacers, who they're having a lot of fun. They're having fun. They're playing together. And Brooklyn is not. They are not a team. Their body language is awful. I'm also surprised Kevin Durant didn't chuck the ball into the stands like he did last year against us in the infamous Tory Craig game for the Pacers. But, uh, you know, overall, I, I just feel like, you know, Rick had a comment basically after the game. He said, you know, we're really trying to build an environment here that's all about the team. Last couple games have been really tremendous for this group, what the guys did in Washington on national uh, TV, and then against a team like Brooklyn tonight that's just loaded with superstars. We're starting to really understand how hard we have to play all the time. These type of wins, even if it's just two wins in a row, it's momentum for a young team because you know how that goes. You lose 10 straight games after a while. I mean, that could really, you know, that could break some spirits. So it was nice to see the Pacers be able to win on national television and then also beat Brooklyn, which it's it's a statement. Anytime like Benedict Matherin said, hey, I grew up watching Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, so I'm sure he loved every second of taking it to him. I
1: mean, Benedict Matherin loves taking it to anybody and everybody, no matter who you are. He makes everything personal. <laughs> I love every second of it. And it doesn't matter if, uh, you know, he's down 17 points. He's he's going to do what he wants to do. But, you know, Fachi, you'll be in the game Monday night, Halloween, watching Pacers-Nets. So hopefully they can get you another W there. I don't know if you're wanting
2: a W or not. But. I don't know. Three straight and two straight against the Nets. It feels like a long shot. It but knows. uh I, I will be there and I will be excited and I hope to bring uh hope to bring them luck. But Alex, how about this also? How crazy is it that we almost forgot to touch on that the Pacers set a new franchise record for threes made in mm. that 23 of 46? I mean, they were blistering hot, but isn't it ironic The Pacers set a franchise record for threes made? They do it without Aaron E. Smith, you know, a, a so-called sharpshooter, uh, as well as... Now, what do you, do you hate Aaron e. Smith again? I, I had to throw it in just because it's ironic. No, look, like, I'm looking on. forward to him coming back. But it was just weird of all games for the Pacers to set the franchise record. They're doing it without two of, you know, thought of their better three-point shooters.
1: I mean, this team has good three-point shooters in a lot of different positions. So... That doesn't surprise me. But can we just stop with Aaron Smith, hey? I, because we're going to talk it. about Pacers-Wizards on ESPN real quick. We
2: do. Because
1: this is a big, big win, Focci. Um, Taking on your former hometown team, the Washington Wizards. This is where you would go to the games. And by the way, yep. there is no fans in that arena. None. Those fans oh. are pitiful.
2: Garbage fans. I'm telling you from experience living there. That is a city that no one is from. Everybody just moves over there. So no one has real ties to D.C. sports. So you could see it on TV. I've seen it in person. No yeah. one shows up there.
1: Especially when their biggest fan moves to Brooklyn. But, mm-hmm. you know, this is a, this was a big win. And I thought it was kind of cool because Lloyd Pierce got the head coaching duties uh, against the Wizards because Rick Carlisle. Flew back home to Dallas to be with his daughter for her senior night, and you know this has been talked about quite a bit. So I don't want to overtalk it, but really cool for the Pacers to make this work. And you know Carlisle returned in Brooklyn uh, for the next game, so it wasn't a very long trip. And he had his dad hat on, and you know it was just a really special moment. And you got to think how difficult it's got to be for him being away from his family while they're living in Dallas, letting his daughter finish out her high school years while he's on the road. You know traveling with the team and then living partially in Indiana for most of the most of the season.
2: That's got to be really tough. I mean, that is the the struggle that we never really hear much about on the other side. And, you know, shout out to Rick. Look, at at this point, it's great for him to not have to miss that moment because you, you can only imagine how many big moments, birthdays, holidays, everything that he's missed in the past. So something like this, I had no problem with it, even if the Pacers lost.
1: Yeah. And I mean, honestly, even if the Pacers were trying to compete for the playoffs and stuff like that, like. He deserves to pick his family nine out of ten times yeah or 10 out of ten times excuse me <laughs> over basketball you know what I mean like even if it was like a playoff game like that might be the like a, that a weird might be situation. The,
2: the one out of ten scenario yes. Where it's like, hey, Rick could we have you for the playoff game but I I understand that yeah. completely family first
1: yeah for sure but you know this is a big game because we saw miles Turner once again be dominant in Washington DC because remember last time he played there I believe Um, unless there was another game he played there. But I remember him scoring 40 points last building, in that same building. Well, he came in unreal, 27 points, Focci, 10 rebounds. He got the double digits, got a double-double. And not only did he do that, he did it on 50% shooting and five blocks, Focci. Miles Turner, easily probably one of the best games of 2022.
2: Uh, Big time. Had to have been his best game of the calendar year Uh, overall. This was such an encouraging performance by Miles, coming off of that first game where look, we knew there was going to be rust against Chicago, where he went one of seven. He bounced back and looked amazing against the Wizards. This this man's like the modern day Wizard killer at this point. Yeah, I mean he saves his best for the Wizards, but also ten of ten from the free throw line. Yeah, I mean he he looked better uh, from a free throw perspective. You know, in uh, preseason so far on the season, he's thirteen of thirteen from the line. He went three or four from, from three, which was very encouraging to see after the three-point struggles we saw. But overall, from top to bottom, offense to defense, everything, it was a complete performance by Miles. And to be able to do it on national television, that must have been awesome. I mean, he must have been like, all right, hey, guys, now you can see. But also for the Pacers, Alex, I couldn't even remember the last time the Pacers won on national television, let alone were up by 20 points. On national television, they end up winning one twenty-seven to one seventeen. They game, I mean, across across the board, fifty percent from the field, fifty-two percent from three. I mean, it was awesome to see. But just kind of running down the starters in that game, they were phenomenal. They really were. I mean, between Miles, Buddy, Tyrese Halliburton, they combined for seventy-seven points. They did it on about sixty percent shooting. You could not have wanted or asked for more.
1: Yeah, and I'll say this: I I kind of wondered how much. You know, like Tyrese, Buddy, and Miles specifically got up for this game, knowing it was the only nationally televised Pacer game. Um, I, 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 I
2: gotta believe that has to come up in conversation. It has to.
1: It, it was extra motivation because they know, look, they know they're on a rebuilding team. They're really trying to put their stamp out there uh, that they're a, a really good, they're really good players, right? They want people to realize that we're not just these castaways right, or castoffs over on this Pacers team, just getting stats on an empty team. Like, no. We're good basketball players and don't forget about us. So I think there was some added motivation to, to how they played. But I, I think, you know, you uh, wanted to start this whole thing off, throwing him under the bus. But clearly the best game of Aaron Nismas Pacers tenure, the short Pacers tenure, 15 points, seven rebounds, three assists, two of four from three, four of six from the field, Fachi. He was five of seven from the free throw line. Give this man his flowers. He was a plus nine in this game. Had one steal, one turnover, only had two fouls. He was a part of that unit that just dominated the Wizards, and I thought he looked really good.
2: Neesmith, if you want your flowers, I got roses, I got tulips. You tell me what you want. You deserve them because that was a really good performance, definitely his best performance of the year. Love to see it. I mean, all starters in the game were between 15 to 27 points, so I I thought thought that was awesome. Starting lineup shot 57% from the field, but Neesmith, the second – that second three pointer went in. I mean, it was like this little drop of sweat came down my forehead, saying like, "Alex is coming for me, isn't he?" And, oh. and, and just moments later, I, I got that tweet from you. Like, I don't even remember what you said, but I knew it was coming.
1: I put the I put the the guy really angry with the with the smiley face mask on in front of him and said, "Oh yeah, I'm watching was. Aaron Neesmith right now."
2: Hey, I'm all for it, Neesmith. Nail as many threes as you want, but man, Alex, I knew that tweet was coming.
1: Well, you gotta just be a little bit fair to him. You've been so critical of him since he's got here. You know, he had one bad summer league, and you're acting like he's the worst (laughs) player to trade for. So it's like, come on, dude, take your foot off the gas and let the kid develop.
2: I know, I I know.
1: But uh, you know, it's it's good to see him doing well, right? He was part of that draft class with Tyrese Halliburton, Mm Jalen Smith, and Jalen Smith, another guy who had a really good game in Washington, uh, did not play super good <laughs> against Brooklyn. Had an okay game, kind of a forgettable game. Didn't yeah. shoot the ball well. But against the Wizards, he was part of that 15.7 rebounds club wow. as well. So really just an overall great performance from the starting five there. The bench was very rough, I will say. They, they did not look good. They were what kind of allowed the Wizards to get back into the game there. But starters were dominant. They could not miss. Like you said, you, you shared their percentages. Overall, I just felt like the way we've seen the, the the Pacers play over the last two games is why I think some Pacer fans believe this team could win thirty plus games. We know that this hot shooting is not going to happen for more than probably fifty percent of their games. They're going to lose some of the games in the half hot shooting just because they're going to be out talented. But I think overall, we're starting to see this team grow collectively, and and they're starting to play with one another and it's very unselfish basketball. It's very athletic basketball. The defense has improved just from week 1. Still a long way to go, but I think overall we're starting to see this team start to gel and form and it's uh, it's been pretty fun.
2: It really has and Alex I, I could not help myself. I mean, I went digging and here's some stats I have for you. This Pacers team ranks 6th in the NBA at 118.9 points per game right now, all right? Seventh in three-point percentage at a hair under 39%. And third in threes attempted at just under 40. Well, you know what? It gets a little bit better. Because I know the Pacers have played a couple, you know, in some instances, one or two more games than some other teams. Alex, their first in overall three-pointers made, And listen to this, first in the NBA in total assists. At 200. So right now, this this Pacers offense, they're scoring out a lot. They're passing the ball well. But look at this. This was the most surprising stat of all. They rank eighth in the NBA in free throws made.
1: Mm, I we've love been, that. We've
2: been, we've been banging at the table for years for saying, when can this Pacers team get to the line? Well, they're ninth in the NBA in free throws attempted, just under 25 per game. Out, they're also hitting free throws. They rank 6th in the NBA at 82%. So right now, across the board, rebounds. They're 8th in the NBA at 46 rebounds per game. 8th in offensive rebounds at just under 13 per game. 4th in assists per game right now. 3rd in blocks. There's so much to like right now on the offensive side of things. Uh, defense, like you talked about, we've got some ways to go. The problem is we're giving up 120.4 points per game which exceeds what we're scoring offensively. So you know, right there is the big problem. And then lastly, look, perimeter defense. Ugh, my God, opponents, they're shooting 47.4% from three against uh, us. And they make the most threes in the NBA against the Indiana Pacers at just over 15 threes made per game. So uh, it, it's pretty rough.
1: Facts with Fauci is back, ladies and gentlemen. Might
3: be.
1: I mean, that's some good digging up there, Fachi. I appreciate you doing that. Given some context to what's going on here and what we've been talking about with the defense and it being bad. So, you know, it's one of those things where I, uh, I look at how this Pacers team is built, and they have done a complete 180 from how they were just built. Probably, you could say two, maybe even last year, but really like two years ago, just looking at how much Rick Carlisle has come in here and completely changed how this team was built. I understand he's not the one that's making the trades and stuff like that, but His imprint on what he wants his team to look like has completely done a 180 from what it used to look like. And while it might not be a a playoff contending team, it's still a very fun, energetic, exciting young team to get behind.
2: It really is. Like right now, here's what I say. The losses by no means hurt like any of the other years. But I'm appreciating the wins. Like when the Pacers really do put it all together, I'm able to be like, wow, that was a really good performance. That was mm-hmm. fun. Like we we scratched, we clawed, we fought. So things like that is just like, hey, whatever happens, happens. But I'm not putting the pressure on to say, like, oh my God, like how are we gonna, how are we gonna get in the play-in picture or anything like that? It's just like whatever happens, happens. I'm here for it. I love where we're going in the future with this Pacers team.
1: Totally agree, Fachi. It's it's a lot of fun watching this team right now, and you know, I I was at the Colts game tonight. I even had people stopping me at the Colts game saying I had my set in the Pace shirt on, just so you know. People stopping me saying, "Man, Benedict Matherin was awesome last night. I can't believe we got this guy." People are excited about the Pacers at the Colts game, so it's really cool to see. I'm not gonna lie, I'm having a lot of fun just watching this young team grow. But Fachi, we've got to get going. It's getting late, so let the people know where they can find us out on social media.
2: Absolutely. So you could find us on Twitter at Setting the Pace Three. You could find Alex on Twitter at Alex Golden NBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore facci. You could find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You could find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You could find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube.
1: Go to YouTube.com/slash Setting the Pace, of Pacers podcast, or go to Google type in Setting the Pace, a Pacers podcast on YouTube, and it'll show up there. Fan of the Week videos have been coming out. Make sure you check those out. You can also check out my weekly YouTube show, The Blue and Golden, on that channel as well. And if you haven't already, subscribe to my Substack, blueandgolden.substack.com, where you'll get all my weekly articles that I put out there as well. But enough of that, Fachi. If you're excited that the future of this young Pacers team is led by the backcourt of Tyrese Halliburton and Benedict Matter, then say these three words. Let's go, Pacers. Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast, sweeping every team. We gon' need a mop.
0: Smooth.